morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Laland. Lawson. Lawson. What are you thankful for this morning? I am thankful for, hmm, what am I thankful for? Let's see. Um, you know, when you, when you list something that you're thankful for every single morning. Yeah. Sometimes you start to run a little bit short. Yeah, because then it's like really I'm like, well look, I'm um I'm thankful for food. I ate, you know, fantastic yeah, food done yesterday. That um I'm thankful for friends. Done you know, that before. Spend time with them. It's like it's like what else could I say? You know, nothing like my life hasn't changed dramatically in the in the last twenty four hours and there's nothing necessarily I can talk about, but um Well I got my trailer registered. Oh, that's lit! That now that was, that was now just that like is something best, to be you know? thankful for. Past the past the blue slip, past the pink slip, past the pink slip. I put one new tire on it out of five. Okay, so it was mm. um, a tire. I'm thankful that 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 tire has lasted me since uh, 2002. <laughs> that's wow, it's like hard as a stone now. Like, seriously. and now it still lives on as my spare. That's so. Good. That's so awesome. Oh, I tell you what, I'm thankful for actually. Next, I believe. Let me get my calendar up here. I believe it's next Monday. They're having the two year anniversary. Yes, yeah, next Monday, Monday, the two year anniversary of the New Start Juice Bar here in Raymond Terrace in the Newcastle region. Oh yeah, and I'm going to be there playing guitar and singing. They invited me to come out and. Are you going to bask? I'm going to bask. Are you going to bask? I'm going to do some That's music. Epic. They asked yes. me to, cu- to come out and do some music on the street, like out, out the front of the um, the juice bar, and I believe they're running like a ton of specials and different things. So I guess we'll talk about that as we I'm gonna get come, I'm to I'm going to come along and sell good. vegetables. Really? Yeah. Actually? I'll come and sell vegetables so people got stuff to throw. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> you bask, broken. I'll sell vegetables. We should go into partnership Dude, on this. that is a business right there. I'll intentionally <laughs> suck. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. There you go. Mm-hmm. So uh, Rafi's texting through to say he didn't know that you and I were entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Coming up with such Genius. an awesome business, business Dude, model right well, there. Well, you haven't been listening to Faith FM. We come up with all kinds of cool ideas about <laughs> hydro and His He's offering and- to actually bring and, and donate a big box of vegetables to get us started. <laughs> Dude, there we go. That's our that's our investment capital right there. <laughs> our first shareholder. That's so awesome. That's so funny. All right. Um. Oh, that I'm. I was. I'm like thinking about how this could play out, and I'm like, oh, and then maybe I could rile a crowd against you for for bullying me to cancel you on the street, and then mm. they can follow me on Twitter yeah. and boost my music career. And like, dude, it's just a win, 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 win. All the way around. All 100%. the way around. You can't, can't fail on this one. But let's talk about, um, somewhat of a, a, lo- a well, it used to be, uh, a lose situation that has kind of turned into a win, uh, a, a win and wind. I said the word wind there and that's kind of a, a joke about this. But anyways, um, the first wind turbine has been created, designed to harness typhoon energy, um, by a Japanese company who is wanting to, yeah, Power, you know, basically. That's, that's what you call cashing in on climate change. That's right. If the climate's going to change, we have more typhoons, then let's harvest that energy. Well, in Japan, they have about 26 typhoons a year, and particularly in that region of Asia, and as you go south as well into, like, the Philippines and Malaysia and all those different places, have, have cr- just wild 
weather events. Um, and so they have this Japanese company, um, headed by a guy named, um, Atsushi Shimizu. Um, they have started a company called Challenergy, um, uh, which is like the word challenge, but energy on the end. And they have created what is called a mag, they're calling it the Magnus wind turbine, which is actually sick. Like this thing is is epically cool because rather than a normal wind turbine spins on a vertical axis, you have, you know, those big wind turbines that you see. Um, You'll see them if you are on your way into Canberra. Um, If you look to your left on the the freeway there, I forget the name. And there's like the the big empty lake. I also forget the name of, but you look left and you see your big wind turbines that are like normal with the three blades that spin on a vertical axis. This wind turbine is narrower and spins on a horizontal axis. Yes. Um, it spins on a horizontal axis and it kind of... So it's much less vulnerable to those high winds. That's right. That's like exactly the point um, is that it has the ability to withstand the high winds because, you know, it's not like from the high winds because with the, the vertical spinning wind turbines, you've got these wings that are so wide uh, which is a good thing because it's like as it's wider, it can pick up the energy and pick up the wind and everything. But the problem is, is that um, you have the ability for those wings to get blown off. Whereas this spins on a horizontal axis, which gives you know the turbine the ability not to be destroyed by a typhoon. Um, and they've already tested it in a Category Five typhoon um, that spins at about 154 miles per hour. They challenge, they tested it in the Philippines and they were able to make a considerable amount of energy from this that powered like, I think it was like, I think it was like a thousand of the 7,000 islands in the Philippines. Like this one turbine was able to power during the typhoon, which is a a huge problem in the, in the Philippines because they are very much a developing country. I've been to the Philippines and it's a great, amazing place, but it's very much a developing country um, with a not, of not very good power grid. And when they have these crazy weather events, it always drops out. You know, it's very frequent, but no, with these new wind, like they set up one of them and was able to, power all these different islands and is doing a great job. So I'm like, that is cool technology that I, and, and I'm like, well, uh, I, you know, I see wind turbines and I'm like, dude, it's windy in Newcastle. Can I have one in my backyard? Like, you know what? It, I've, I've so often thought about this because I love that kind I love free energy. Yeah. And we do live in one of the windiest places in Australia. I didn't yeah. realize that until we moved here and there's a, so much wind in Newcastle. Uh, yeah. This is really, this is the windy city right here. Uh It just comes funneling down the Hunter Valley. There's wind all over the place. And after I'd been here, when I first moved here, after I'd been here for like a couple of months, I'm like, does the wind ever stop blowing? So I looked it up. I'm like, yeah, I'm in one of the 10 windiest places in Australia. Didn't realize that. Yeah, that's right. We should have wind. And so we should, and especially like with this new design that they've created where, because it spins on the horizontal axis and it's actually quite narrow compared to like a conventional wind turbine. We've got these massive blades. It means that because if they made the blades massive on a horizontal axis, then it could, I don't know, take someone's head off or something. Um, That would not be good. Which would not be good or, you know, take down a helicopter or whatever. Um, But yeah, dude, like this is awesome technology, which we should invest in. I feel like this could almost be made portable and be put into our backyards. In other um, energy news, okay, this is actually, this is super sick. 22 Dutch university students um, did a a 3,000 kilometer road trip around Europe in a solar-powered RV. That's pretty cool. So they have, they've made an... 3,000 Ks on solar power. Yes. 
All right, all right. So it's an electric engine that's powered yes. by solar power, and the way that it works, it actually is like a pop-out camper van. So if you've ever, there's, you know, there's a few different styles of camper van. You've got like the massive RVs that don't pop out at all because they're just big enough to not do that. This is more looks like this is more between like a van life and RV with the ability, it like you know, the the roof pops up. Yes. Um, but on the roof, like there's a massive big long solar panel that, yes. that covers the entire area of the roof. But then also it has the ability, like when you're, when you're parked, some wings can pop out of the roof as well that create an even bigger solar panel. Solar harvesting. Oh, solar, solar farm. Solar farm that can power the, the van. And on a, a, on a solar power charge, it can travel 730 kilometers. On the on on a solar power charge, but and then afterwards, like without being charged, um, and can reach speeds of seventy five miles per hour, which is like seventy five miles per hour. That's like one hundred and twenty five hundred thirty k's thereabouts. Yeah, see, I'm kind of wondering, you know, with the future becoming electric cars, it's like, okay, if I if I get an electric, you know, station wagon or something like that, SUV, whatever it might be, and I cover the roof and the bonnet with solar panels, how much does that actually increase my range? Mm. Because if they're driving around, I mean, they're probably not driving very fast. I'm thinking. No, well, they were doing 700 k's. Is you know, yeah, but they were do, they were doing cruising speed on the freeway. Really? So, like, so why aren't we having solar panels on the roof of our electric cars? Because this is the biggest problem with electric cars. Yeah. Is recharging them, and even like okay, so is this because the power companies, uh, are, you know, they, they're going to lose, you know, their market share with selling, you know, fossil-based fuels, and it's like, well, we need to keep people buying fuel, so we're not going to give them solar panels on their car; they're going to have to plug it that's, in. That's I just think it's just that's the ultimate thing is that it's just such a slow, grindy change from fossil fuels that I feel like the oil companies just want to thwart every single opportunity because this would be perfect. Well, they have a history of thwarting every single opportunity that 100%, there is to, to make like, the world, you know, less polluted and more efficient. That's right. And check this out as well, like, because this has, like, a, a, you know, a battery motor in it that can be charged as well by being plugged in. Yep. Um, that can, that has a range of 373 miles, which is like over 600 k's. So why is it you go and buy an electric mini just from, you know, the local dealership? It's only got a range of 100 k. That makes no sense to me. If the technology oh. is out there and it's available, why is it not? Why don't we have it in our backyard where I can go and buy one? Yeah, because because Mini Cooper isn't run by twenty two Dutch students. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, indeed, <laughs> they can build a van. They can travel around. They're run by sixty year old engineers. Yeah, that's they don't understand energy technology. They just know there's no boom boom just engines. Need some Dutch. Kids to get stuck into it. That's right, and they have been. And these and like this. Oh, the best part about this camper van, it sits ten people. Like no way, dude. This thing is no way. That's like you've got to be joking. We need this. We need this. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Next message coming through. Um, from Annie Lawson, I was eager to see your face after listening to you for so long and saw that you have a bright and happy face. I imagine that you did. I'm also amazed at how much you have achieved for how young you are. 
Blessing. You are a blessing. Oh, that's so cute. Dude, I've been getting feeling all the, the, feeling all the, the love this morning. You are. Yeah, you yeah. are. Oh, man, that's so good. I'm going to have to do something about this. <laughs> yeah, well, get, start, get start good, censoring. Bro. I've got to start censoring the text <laughs> messages that come through, I think. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So, look, we did promise we would talk about Hurricane Katrina this Which morning. wild. Why? Like, yes. Because this is in the news. It is current news. Hurricane Katrina is current news. This is actually a bit of a big story. The uh, the New Orleans Archdiocese has okay. just been found guilty in a multi-million dollar fraud case Oof. in relationship to Hurricane Katrina. And basically what it is is that they falsified aid claims uh, in relationship to the damage done to their diocese by Hurricane Katrina. So for those of you who might not remember, this was a 2005 Category 5 um, hurricane that ripped through uh, New Orleans. And you know, New Orleans is one of these unique cities that's actually built below sea level. Sea level. And mm. so when you get a big storm surge, it just flooded the whole place. Mm. And they had you know big pumping stations uh, that they had built there, because yeah, this is America, they're going to have lots of infrastructure. They built these big pumping, pumping stations in case something like this happened, but they were completely overwhelmed by Katrina and were unable to keep the water out. And, of course, a lot of people died, a lot of people suffered, a lot of mm. buildings were destroyed. And then they went and rebuilt the place, mm. which is kind of like, you know what? If you've been wiped out like that, why not move it somewhere else that's above sea level? But anyway, it's a little bit, like, th- it's a little bit like Christchurch in New Zealand. You know, They rebuilt the city centre of Christchurch in New Zealand, which is the most unstable place for Christchurch to be. They could have moved it 10K. Mm. And not rebuilt it on but all at, that dodgy soil. At the same time, in like in New Orleans, like since Hurricane Katrina, they've like put in way more infrastructure to be able to deal with it, and yeah. they've been and they've been able to because they had the the hurricane that just went through there, and they like heaps less people died. Even I just though, I just think it would have been cheaper to move it. <laughs> just let's just pick up New Orleans. Just put it on the other side of Lake Pontchartrain. You know, it's a big old Lake Pontchartrain. They put it on the other side. <laughs> yeah, go or move it. it to um, move it to Alabama. Move it to California. No, that probably <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big that's a that's big, a big move. Move <laughs> <laughs> it to another state. Anyway, yeah, the whole state. I think the highest point in the entire state is like five hundred feet above sea level. Yeah, just let's just move Louisiana. <laughs> just move it up the road. Okay, pull but plug. someone this, needs to pull the plug. This okay. This story actually. Let's let's okay. Yeah, all right, we get back to this story. I'm getting really sidetracked. intense. So uh, yeah. So um, okay. So what happened was they were working with Aacom which is an architecture and engineering firm in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the AACOM guys who actually came out as the whistleblower. Wow. Now, AACOM, of course, was making bucket loads of money out of it, so they went about to um, complain. And they've also been found guilty because, you know, obviously there was a level of collusion between these two um, institutions, companies, whatever you want to call them, to actually make this you know, cr- create this whole fraudulent situation. Mm. And the whistleblower, a fellow by the name of Robert M- Romero, um, he was a project specialist and he saw what was going on. He's like, you know what, this is all aid money that's been given to the Catholic Church and they are just wasting it needlessly on things that you know don't need to be done. Mm. Uh, so, just quoting from the defendant, Archdiocese of New Orleans knowingly submitted to FEMA. FEMA, of course, stands for something or other here. I do have it written down somewhere. Uh, anyway, to FEMA. 
uh, false and misleading documentation regarding the existence of damage to its buildings, increasing the amount of funding by $46 million. That is a lot. That's a big chunk of money. You know, and you can kind of see that, all right, you get a lot of damage in Hurricane Katrina and, of course, when you do your your quotes, you're going to overquote for, you know, the repairs that you're going to do because, you know, repairs are always going to blow out with expenses that you don't see coming up. Mm. You know, yeah, that, totally. that's always been going to be the case. Totally. And on occasions, you're going to come out a little bit on top. Mm. You know, and so if they came out a million dollars on top, that sort of wouldn't be unimaginable. Yeah, like honestly, it's not. It's not egregious. It's like, and yeah, and if they came out a million dollars behind, then that's not unimaginable, un- yeah. unimaginable either. Totally, it's, it's it's like you know, a friend of mine who does house renovations, and when he's doing renovations rather than a new build, when he does does a new build, he just puts in his quote. Mm. When he does a renovation, he puts in he puts his quote together, and then doubles it mm. because there is so much unseen work that you just cannot calculate for when you're doing a renovation and so that's what the quote requires and because of that sometimes you're going to come out a little bit ahead of the quote and sometimes you're going to come out a little bit behind the quote but that's about what it's going to come out at Mm. so you know i can i can you know in big projects i could see them a million short or a million long either which way but 46 million dollars you know this is where there must be cost cutting big time this is where robert romero is like yep enough's enough the government's being ripped off this is not right and uh he come came out as a a a major whistleblower Mm. in relationship to this what it came down to was the repair of the upper four floors of an assisted living center and a school building from saint uh xavier's college, university, whatever they've got there. And uh, he pointed out that, yes, the bottom floor had received some flood damage, Mm. but there was nothing wrong with the upper floors. And what the Catholic Church did was that they actually demolished both buildings and rebuilt them from scratch, Mm. where, in fact, all they needed to do was repair the bottom floor you know, it wasn't even structurally unsound. They mm. didn't have to, you know, put in new foundations or anything like that. They just had to, you know, do all of the typical flood repairs, basically strip the place down to its bare bones, repaint it, recarpet it, refurnish it, mm. etc., and put it back into service. And instead that it did a complete knockdown rebuild, which was entirely unnecessary. Mm. And, of course, all of the evidence is available, you know, the... The buildings exist. <laughs> well, no, they, they don't exist anymore because they were knocked down and rebuilt, but all of the reports are available. Mm. Um, all the photographs, all of the evidence is right there. And so, yeah, they've been caught out pretty red-handed on this one. Um, what I did find interesting was the whistleblower took home $200,000 out of this. I don't know how that works, whistleblower legislation in the United States. Oh, so so he was rewarded. For... He was rewarded. There was a, a, a nearly two hundred thousand dollars went to the whistleblower. Yeah, but this they like, must have some kind of whistleblower this legislation. Like Sixteen years ago, though, wouldn't have he directly benefited from this taking place? Well, he was an employee of the company, uh, okay. and I imagine that when he blew the whistle, his term- employee would have been terminated. Ah, uh, okay. You can... So they wanted to hook him up. I, I don't know. I don't know how this works, mm. but. Um, I don't understand. Maybe somebody who understands um, United States whistleblower law can help us to understand this mm. a little bit better. Anyway, in other news, uh, there is a company 
um, that is um, that is run by a fellow by the name of Mr. Pillow. Okay. I find that a unique name. It's pretty yeah. cool. He's putting together an app, a Bible app, and you're like, yeah, well, there's a million Bible apps out there already. Uh-huh. But this one, every page of the Bible is illustrated. Often with sick. Often with um, animated or video illustrations, every single page. <gasps> Can they illustrate my new favorite story in the Bible? Ehud stabbing the bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> Um, so this will be interesting because it's going to be great for people who struggle with concentration. It's going to be great for people mm. who are dyslexic. You know, I've got um, some good friends and a son who's dyslexic. They love to read the the, the pictures in the in the books. Mm. Um, it's going to be great for you know people that just want a more entertaining Bible to read. So stay tuned. It's going to happen in the next three years. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joining us on the phone, as always, on a Wednesday is David Halps. David, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, good morning to you. Always a pleasure to be with you people. Mm. David, last week we talked about children. We talked about stress in relationship to children. But, you know, it's kind of reaching that time of year uh, where it gets to, you know, I'm, I'm sort of looking down the tunnel. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, which is my annual leave coming up. I've been working hard all year. It's been a rather tough year uh, from a number of different reasons. We all know about that. And uh, I'm just sort of hanging on by there a thread waiting for my holidays to come. Um, is this a unique experience? And tell us a little bit, a bit about stress and how adults relate to stress. Isn't it amazing that uh, within two weeks we're already in December? The the year has just so rapidly, you know, moved to its end. It is. And I guess the other thing too, before, if I could jump in just before we get started, is that, you know, when we're talking about year end, year end, you know, because we're all looking forward to having some annual leave and taking some time off and having a bit of a break and. Ah, oh, taking a deep breath. But year end can also be stressful as well. Christmas and so forth can be stressful events. Any changes in our lives do bring stress with it. Whether it is holiday, whether it's retirement, whatever it's going to be, whenever there is something happening out of routine, there's stress associated with it. And while the only people that do not have stress are at the moment resting in the graveyard. Mm. Out. Every other person on planet Earth is living to some degree with a level of stress. And um, COVID uh, and, and the past two years have actually added a prolonged exposure to stress. Now, stress is sometimes good for us. Our uh, autoimmune system actually needs stress to, to, to get some certain activities going. Uh, if there's an exam waiting for me and I've got to prepare for it, it is often the stress that sparks me into staying up a little bit longer and putting in the effort mm-hmm. to, to prepare for that exam. So uh, to, to get an assignment done, to, to get my work done, I need stress in order to, uh, it it actually sparks my interest to move forward and activates me to action. The problem is when um, stress actually is out of control or it is prolonged for too long. Mm. It is is then that that we actually run into trouble. Now, let's look at what has happened so far uh, this year and last year. There has been an exposure to constant stress 
continually. And we see today that the the emotional symptoms or the emotional effect of that uh, is very apparent in our society, uh, namely anxiety. Irritability it often starts with, which eventually leads to uh, anxiety, depression, panic attacks, sadness. Um, I was just made aware of a uh, nine-year-old little boy uh, just recently ending his own life because he just couldn't deal with things anymore. Mm. And my heart just ached for that family. Because we are living, there's there's nothing that we can do around it. Now, when we do go through a major stress, long-term chronic stress that we refer to that has a physical, we've just spoken about the emotional, but also has a behavioral impact. So the physical, we spoke last week about children, where children start to become withdrawn, they start to wet their bed, they have eating problems, stomach pain, and so forth. We see in adults some of that same behavior, uh, namely aches and pains, chest pains that feels like a heart attack coming on, the heart racing, exhaustion, trouble sleeping, um, headaches, dizziness, sometimes shakiness. We see uh, high blood pressure, Muscle tension, especially in, in the jaw, clenching our jaws, stomach and digestive problems, trouble with intimacy in, in marriage, and a stripping of the uh, immune system. Uh, in other words, people become more prone to become uh, sick during this period of time. So those are all physical that leads to the emotional anxiety, irritability, the depression, and so forth. But the sad thing, Lyle, is that people in their behavior actually try to take it in unhealthy ways to try, try and eliminate that through drinking alcohol, drug use, gambling, overeating, um, and a whole range of other behaviors that is an actual fact further stripping the immune system so, David, and that destroying was, itself. There was an interesting list of uh, different symptoms that you ran through there just a moment ago before you talked about you know how people often try and deal with it. And I'm just sort of sitting here listening to uh, you spout, through that, spout, spout off that list of symptoms and I'm like, I tick three of those boxes. How worried exactly. should I be? Well, this is, this is why it is so important that we actually are intentional in reducing our stress or building our system so that we can actually buffer that stress. Remember, Lyle, that um, we are not always in control of our environment. Uh, We are definitely not in control of all the things that are causing stress in our life. But there is much that we actually can do to actually combat the negative impact of it. One of those things that we've spoken a number of times uh, on that during this program is to make sure that we exercise well, that we actually eat well, that we sleep well. One of the most important aspects of life is to have proper sleep. You'll find that when you actually been exposed to high level of stress, that your sleep is impacted. You have broken sleep. How do we deal with that? 
um, there is certain techniques that we actually can put in place with sleep hygiene to help us to fall asleep again. Um, we, we, we so often during this time forget that while we are not in control of every stress that comes our way, there is a God that is still in control. Mm. In other words, mm. astute people will actually very quickly make a decision. Can I change this? Can I be in control of this? If not, then they actually hand over to higher power to God and say, Lord, I give you this. And, and therefore, the Bible says, he invites us, he says, cast all your cares upon him. Why? Because God cares about us. Yeah. There's, an, there's another thing, Lyle, and that is that when we're exposed to major levels of stress, our body reacts by releasing cortisol, which is the mm. stress hormone. That becomes toxic to our system. But there is another hormone that actually can work in our favor, and that is oxytocin. Oxytocin is generally called uh, the bonding hormone. And phenomenal research has shown that people that are actually actively working on building relationships, loving relationships with others, even in a trial where people knew that they were going to be shocked with electricity, that those that were in a loving, caring relationship actually experienced the shock experience far less traumatic than those that didn't have those uh, kind of relationships. And let me remind our listeners here that it's not just receiving uh, in a loving, caring relationship, but it is an actual fact entering into providing care and love for other people. Mm, mm. That's that's a very powerful statement that you've just made right there in yeah in in relationship to and the thing that jumps out to me is that even if we're not in a loving relationship, if we love others, we can still get those same benefits. So those benefits are available to everybody. Time and time and again, you will hear me on this program and in research share that uh, one of the key things for for maintaining uh, proper mental health is an actual fact to become involved in an honorable cause where you actually reach out to others, look away from yourself. Those under the most stressful environment that actually looks away from themselves to see how they can bless other people with nothing in return for themselves, actually find that they have greater resilience, greater ability, not just to maintain emotional health, but also physical health. Mm. It, it 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 seems to be an increasing body of research that you know every time we see a new study come out, it comes back with the same kind of thing. We need to be out there. We need to be helping other people. Really, what it comes down to is that we need to be following what what the Bible says in living our life like Jesus lived his life. A life of self sacrificing love for others is the key to a healthy, happy life. Correct. Correct. And while as our world intensifies in the stresses that is outside of our control, for me as a practicing Christian, it is a reminder that our world as we know it will not last forever. But as a practicing Christian, I know what the end will be like because I know that there's a promise that Jesus said to his disciples. He says, I'm coming back again. I've got to prepare a place for you. I'm coming again. 
and I'm going to take you with me. And in, in the book of Revelation, uh, it tells me about a new heaven, new earth. It tells me about God remaking everything where there will be no none of this heartache and pain that we experiencing today. And my focus is not on the stresses of this world. My focus is on the promise that is very soon to take place. So in a busy life, and, and of course busyness, you know, it creates stress because you've got this happening, you've got that happening, you've got this pressure hanging over your head, you need, need to get this task done, you need to do something else, and it sort of goes on and on and on, and it builds up and it builds up and it builds up in our life. The temptation for, you know, I think all of us is to, you know, you wake up in the morning, you start thinking about all of the tasks that you need to get through that day, and sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming. And so for a task-oriented person like myself, my first thing is to dig into those tasks and start, you know, ticking them off the list, so to speak, getting them done, getting everything done that I need to get to get done before that day comes to an end. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I remind myself, okay, I'm a Christian. I need to spend some time with Jesus before I start into this day, but I don't have time to spend time with Jesus. It seems to me that spending time with Jesus in the morning is actually going to decrease the amount of stress that I am experiencing and increase the level of my productivity throughout that day. I've personally experienced that when my day starts with Jesus that I actually can accomplish far more than what I would have done by just zooming in onto my task. I further have experienced, Lyle, that when you actually plan your day, you have a proper schedule. Uh, I've got an extremely busy life, but I plan my entire year. Once I've got my broad strokes of my year plan, I work back to my monthly plans, to my weekly plan, and eventually down to my daily plan. Uh, it's interesting, as we spoke about last uh, last week, that children need routine in their life. As adults need the same. Those that do not have a routine in their life actually uh, stands a greater chance of battling with, with major uh, sense of anxiousness as stresses starts to come into their life. So if you have a schedule according to which you work, for me, my schedule, my first thing in the morning is my connection with God. And if I have a too busy day ahead of me, I actually set the alarm clock to wake up earlier. So this morning, um, I had to travel in order to be at the meeting place uh, for, for 9 o'clock. And I've already been on the road for over an hour. So my alarm clock went off uh, at uh, just before five this morning in order for me to have that connection with God. Mm. And I've got a schedule according to, our, uh, in, in, according to which I work, and therefore I fairly know what my day is going to look like. Now things might come in and change that. And I, at that moment, make a decision what is important versus what is critical to deal with at that moment. David Help, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning and talking to us about stress and making Jesus the centre of dealing with our issues of stress. That is truly the key. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.